This is a sinister minister, Father James Mitchell, and you are listening to Aaron, Nate, and Chad on the Reliving the Extreme podcast. Make sure you smash the like button and share, or you will burn in hell. <laughs> This week on Reliving the Extreme, we are into April of 1994. April 5th, 1994 is the episode of ECW that we are discussing. Nate Maxson here with you along with, of course, my brother Aaron. Hello, everybody. And the worker of the group, Mr. Chad Austin. That's what's up. How's everybody doing out there tonight? Well, I'm all right. I mean, are you waiting for people to respond just so you can kill time? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh. <laughs> hey, we did it last week. Last week was a fucking, that was a championship performance from my brother and Mr. Austin here to get us to over an hour, over an hour for one of the shortest, crappiest episodes that we've watched of ECW. So if good job to you guys. To it. Kudos, kudos to you guys. Right? Somebody listen to it. Yeah, somebody's listening. And uh, I just want to let everybody know that we are uh, headed toward this, uh, what is it, April 16th, 1994 show that they're going to be doing at the ECW Arena. So there is hype for that show on this show. And I don't have anything to talk about before we talk about the show. The only the only modern stuff I've watched this week is Dynamite. So I don't, you know... Not a ton of comments on that. I am glad Adam Page is back in the back in the uh, on the show. That was that made me happy. Didn't did I didn't I see people like guys hugging guys like in the crowd? For that? It was quite the moment. <laughs> I mean, because I told I told my wife because when I when I was a scout, like a talent scout for a bunch of other companies, I had to be subjective about mm. good looking women, good looking men, right? Like, I just couldn't be like, oh, I don't like him because, you know, he's good looking. Like, I feel like a threat. And I just like, that's a good looking guy. (laughs) I mean, you know, and she looks at me. I'm just like, what do you want me to say? (laughs) I mean, I'm not going to blow him in the fucking, you know, in a rest stop bathroom or anything. But that's a good looking guy. And when he came out, the roof blew. I mean, Mm -hmm. do, do you think they know? Because I've heard from people that they knew that he was going to, that he was going to be there. And I didn't. And quite frankly, I didn't want to know that he was going to be there. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know either. I, I, um, I, again, I was very happy about it because I really do. I really do dig him. I think he's got so much potential, um, to be a mega star in, especially in that company. Um, and you see the reaction, you know, I mean, he might've gotten, he might. I won't say his pop was as big as Punk's on that night, but he definitely got the second second biggest pop of the night. Yeah, behind, but he also got Punk. the pop. He also got the pop of a guy who wasn't an old WWE guy. True. Like, True. Th- th- Fair this point. Is, this was whatever fifteen thousand people going. This is our guy. Like yeah. you know, he he wasn't handed to us from you know the evil empire. This mm. is a guy that we liked from the beginning. And he got screwed over, you know, and then all of a sudden he had to get some lady pregnant or something and screw all that up. But luckily for him, he's only 30 uh, from, I mean, all accounts, he's only 30 or so. Mm -hmm. So he's got at least 10 more, 15 more years of good earning potential in front of him. But 
Yeah, I was I was excited as all hell because I, I I didn't have any expectations, you know. I I didn't I didn't even I didn't even have a clue because I just figured it's just going to be some other fucking you know one time Jim Neidhart, but then I was, I was like, no, it's probably not going to be Jim Neidhart. <laughs> Jim Neidhart. <laughs> Jim Neidhart's fanny pack. And, and then I'm just thinking like, all right, it's going to be Doink. And then, <laughs> I, then I texted one? Bob and I said, where are you at? And he goes, I'm at home. I go, well, it's not going to be Doink. So he said, yeah, I had, I had, I had nothing, nothing going into that. But I, I guess I was, I, I guess I was pleasantly surprised because I, I like Hangman. I think he's very good. And because he's a homegrown guy that he's a guy you can run with, with the, um, you know, I don't want to say the title. The mm-hmm. company. Yeah. The uh, and, and doesn't it seem like he's an automatic fit for Punk? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you don't you don't even have to, you could play the the straight edge versus the non straight edge thing if you wanted to, but you did you wouldn't even really have to go there with it. No, you know, I know. Um, the I think the I think the the ham bone of the AEW show was the TBS Championship. Come on, <laughs> that's lame. Yeah, so I did when, like. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just naming the championship after the network. Come on, <laughs> there. Aaron had a good one though. Did yeah. you see? Did you oh, see he his... certainly has before. I can name like four of them. <laughs> How long have we been doing this show? Well, I said my suggestion if I was working for AEW was okay. We got the TNT championship. We have the TBS championship, but we also have all these old guys that work for us. So let's put them in a division and call it the Turner Classics Championship. The TCM, the TCM title. <laughs> and then we can have the CBS, NBC, <laughs> ABC Tag Team Championship. I mean, and then we can have an invasion from Fox Broadcasting. <laughs> they, can, they, they can all, fuck yeah, why not? You know? And then, you know, it's all going to go downhill once Vince figures this out. He brings in the Cartoon Network. Yes, the Cartoon Network Championship. Pretty much. <laughs> and it wouldn't even be a, a adult swim. Well, here we go. April 5th, 1994, ECW. We open the show with the Bruise Brothers doing a doing another squash match, which is, is effective. They beat the ever-loved shit out of these two guys. I don't know who these two guys were. I saw Stormin, so I knew it was the Stormin, Stormin guy, whatever his name is. It wasn't even the same two guys. It was a clip from last week. It was a clip from last week. Oh, was it the same match? Yeah. No. no. It wasn't? No, this one they were beating up Stormin' Mike Norman. And some other guy, they didn't say his name, but he had like a poofy mullet and like a, a terrible mustache. So I just put it was the Bruce Brothers versus Storm and Mike Norman and Little Pedo. Because that's what he looked like. He looked like a little pedophile. Could and it have been Guido? No, because I, I don't think Guido ever had a giant mullet and a pedophile mustache. Well, I agree. I don't think he had that either. I and, this guy, on that. and this guy was like, the guy, the little guy was just little, like he, he was like a stick and Mike Norman, he took his beating, but then he just laid out on the outside and was like, fuck that shit. <laughs> he let the little guy take the, the little guy take all of the attention. Well, they still killed Donnie, like, like, because Donnie would be that guy. Like me and Donnie would argue over who was going to take the bigger beating in the match. And cause that, that gets time, you the, mo- that, that gets you the most TV time, right? No, it's not even that. It's just that. If I thought I was better at it than him, you know, depending on who it was, especially against the Rottens, you know, or guys that have already worked. 
Mm-hmm. If it was guys that I worked and I'd be like, okay, well, I've worked them before. Let me take the heat because I can take the, um, you know, I know they do this, this whatever move and I'll take that better or whatever. But there was absolutely no chance I was uh, going to step up and, and interject myself into the Harris boys match. No, no. I'll save myself for uh, whoever I work later on in the show. So again, once again, it, it, as we say every week, the Bruce Brothers were made for ECW, doing it again this week with a squash match, which is effective for them. Um, really, if you're going to be talking them up to the big shows, like to face Public Enemy or whoever is the champion or what have you, the best thing I think to do with them is is old school wrestling mentality. Just have them do good squash matches. Don't let you know you don't want to show their weaknesses. Before you get to the big show, if what I, I guess if what I'm saying makes sense, you don't want to show them be vulnerable until they're in the in the main event style match. So having good squash matches every week for them to hype them up to get to that show, I think, is an effective use of them for this well, purpose. Quite honestly, I haven't really put any thought into how I would have booked them after at, at this point. But mm-hmm. now that you mention it, yeah, squash match, squash match, squash match, and. Maybe they could have ran through Public Enemy, and then Public Enemy been like, "Oh, Johnny, I didn't know what the hell." <laughs> you know, like yeah. <laughs> and, I had no idea, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the size of that guy? <laughs> you know, but I mean, that, that, that way, that maybe could have gave you know, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. That could have gave Public Enemy some sort of a you know an edge because mm-hmm. they had to go because they were always like. Generic cheap rappers, the guys that you, you know, you buy their CDs at the dollar bin that, you know, that they never had really a hit. They had a song that you, your friend may have asked you if you've ever heard about, <laughs> but you know, they, they were just kind of generic, but yeah, mm-hmm. but, but, um, trying to put them against the Harris brothers is like putting the fucking, you know, the, the, the square fucking peg in a round hole kind of thing. Or yeah. like Nate would always say. Hat on a hat. <laughs> there you go. I, I was I was gonna get it in today, whether you liked it or not. <laughs> and as I always say, I stole it from Jim Cornette, and I'm proud to have done so. One of my favorites. Yeah, th- um, th- this show just it, to me, it just smelled bad, like literally from start. <laughs> because Jess was in the the lovely Miss Jess was in the kitchen cooking dinner, and she just heard me fucking going, "Oh Lord, Jesus Christ." <laughs> And then she's like, "What's wrong, hon?" I go, "I'm on TV." But when when Aaron said it was my turn to pick the hand bone of the week, because I, I was shocked, I, I clearly thought I must have did it a week or so ago. Then I'm looking at my notes and I see three names coming up <laughs> that I can I pick more than one. Oh yeah, <laughs> whatever you want to do with it. It's our show. You can do whatever the hell you want to do. Aaron, anything else on the Bruce Brothers deal? Just that it was like you said, it is what it needed to be, and the the little guy, whoever he was, he did he took a hell of an ass kicking. So good for him. I wish Whether I could remember was, who he was, man. When, I, they, when they threw his fucking ass halfway across the ring, yeah. it was fucking insane. And then they booted the shit out of him and pinned him. And like I said, Stormy Mike Norman, he just he was like, nope, I'm I'm good. I'm just <laughs> <still> out here. <laughs> like like I literally know every jobber. That was there because I was kind of the king of the jobbers. Me and Mikey were king of the jobbers. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't me, it was Mikey. And this kid, I don't know what the fuck this this, this kid must have won a lottery 
thing or something. Like right before the match, they must have called some lucky number and said, get back into the locker room. You're going to wrestle the Bruce Brothers. It may be one of those footnotes in history. Maybe this was his only match. <laughs> you know, like he was like, you know what? This After this, he was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, I'm, that's, I'm gonna, it's, it's back to the Jiffy Lube for yeah, me. I'm going back to the Circle K. I'm that's done. exactly what I was going to say. After that match, he probably reconsidered his business, you know, his career <laughs> decisions. You know, because, I mean, I know I would have. I mean, not not at that point in my career. Not at that point in my career. But I, but I would have, but I would have, you know, at a different time, had mm-hmm. it come along a little earlier, I would have been like, oh, this ain't, this ain't for know. me. No. <laughs> and believe me, I've gotten beat up. I've gotten beat up quite a few times and you learn in the business, you can't run away mm-hmm. because you'll get beat up three times as bad in the locker room if you roll out of the ring and just leave. Because what are you going to do? How fast can you get the fuck out of there and grab your bags and go before the guy's chasing you? <laughs> or people know that, you know, the guy's going to whoop your ass and they stop it. They stop you because they want to see you get your ass whooped, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the next match on the show that we roll into is a six-man tag team match. We have Kevin Sullivan, Crash, and Tasmaniac against Rockin' Rebel, Pitbull, and Tony Stetson. Who... There's your fucking nominees there for the fucking <laughs> the, the golden ham. The um, Stetson looks worse week, week by week, doesn't he? What's that? Stetson like progressively looks worse week by week. Like he for a while there, we were like, hey, he's got a pretty good look going on, and then he just over the past six months, he's just let himself go. Well, nothing, nothing spells like I'm. I'm trying to get over like when they announce your name and you just keep your hands down to your side. Like <laughs> he just steps out to the, to the, like, like one step out, you know, with his hands to his side. He don't even like wave them and be like, fuck you, Philly or whatever. He just, all right, I'm here. How you doing? <laughs> I don't think he even says that. <laughs> Can we get this over with? I got to deliver some pizzas again. I think it's like the third time I mentioned a fucking Tony Stetson. Tony Stetson delivering pizzas. That's his gimmick. I I have a feeling that maybe he did deliver pizzas. (laughs) The, the match, Aaron, any, any notes on this match that you have? Um, At one point, Jason's hitting on woman and she's like disgusted by it. And then I did note that there's a point in the match where Kevin Sullivan cracks Stetson like basically on the side of his neck and Stetson falls out of the ring and Stetson either did a really really good job or he was super wanting to get away from Kevin Sullivan because he looked fucking terrified and was trying to get as much distance between himself and Kevin Sullivan as he could and then Sullivan hits him with the hammer and all this other shit yeah I mean this thing was it was a train wreck but it wasn't anything that I don't know wasn't horrible, but it just it kind of was what it was a big brawl around the ring. It is what it was. Yeah. Well, my my biggest takeaway was is this the first time that we got to see the new ECW ring apron? Did you see the ring apron? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I guess I didn't I didn't consciously notice it while you were while I was watching it. But you're right. I don't think this. I think this is the first time they've used that apron. Well, that's it's, how good that match was. <laughs> they, Concentrating on the construction of the fucking ring. The uh, the match kind of goes like Aaron said. It's a brawl. They 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 do this kind of an odd thing with this match where it breaks out into a brawl twice. Like they they break out into a brawl, then they get the back in the ring and start having a wrestling match again, and then they break out into a brawl again. Um, 
probably the highlight of the match is uh, the end. Uh, a nicely done moonsault by Mr. Bill DeMott to end the match as he pins the guy who should be pinned, Tony Stetson. Yeah. A guy who can do a great moonsault whenever he can land a great moonsault. His moonsaults are phenomenal. Yeah. Just, I mean, I don't know. A guy that big... Flipping headbutt is what he always does. Yeah. Like the guy, <laughs> the guy has to leave holding his tit because <laughs> he lands like on his on his titties, and, and the guy pins him, and the guy's got to leave, you know, not selling his head. He doesn't go back to first aid and ask for ice for his head. He asks for ice for his tit. Must have must have wrestled Demott, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> me and Bill, we just went four and a half. <laughs> he hit me. He hit me with the Teddy Moon salt. It was fun. Yeah. So after that match. We get a recap of JT Smith winning the TV title. And oh then boy. Joey Joey talks to JT Smith. Oh boy. And JT and he's, dressed, he's dressed like Miss Peach's Geo Tracker. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the colors what I saw. I was like, he's dressed just like the Geo Tracker. Dude, I I swear <laughs> I had that, that track suit. <laughs> I think that's uh um Pierre Cardone. And believe me, you can get Pierre Cardone at TJ Maxx. I know. <laughs> So J- JT cuts a a very uh, a, a very very babyface promo, pretty boring. I couldn't even understand what he was saying, so I'll take it. You, <laughs> I Jess Jess was sitting there playing words with fucking people she don't even know on her phone, and I'm watching it, and she looks up and she goes, "What the hell did he say?" I said, "Sabi, Mamby, my bedogby's gonna lick my your bedogby's balls, boots." <laughs> and and, and I just, she goes, what does that mean? I go, I don't know. I think somebody's going to lick somebody's dog's balls. I, I, I just said, I couldn't understand a word that he said. And the subtitles just continuously said, inaudible. <laughs> inaudible. The whole entire promo. Joey Styles says, so how are you going to get back? You know, you're the new TV champion. And it's like, Baba Dibada, she was weeby. <laughs> and, and then you're like, Dude, seriously, why, how did this make post-production, you know? How did this make the fucking light of day, In you know? I I, I I know why, and I'm sure you guys know why by now, how this made the light of day. J.T. Smith was cutting Ahmed Johnson promos before Ahmed Johnson was cutting Ahmed Johnson promos. Johnson, J.T. Smith was cutting Ahmed Johnson promos in the fucking 70s, <laughs> you know, when he was asking for, like, his diaper to be changed. Save it, man, I done the shits in myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a match in my diaper. <laughs> Good night. We, we've already awesome, gone. <laughs> yeah, so, after this deal, we show a video of the history of JT Smith and ECW, and there isn't even a reference. They're easy. Uh, uh, they're easy for me to say. There is even a reference to the Variety Club in this uh in this video for jt smith joey's like he gives to many charities including the variety club i'm sure and, he does and the salvation army <laughs> salvation his outfit. <laughs> i'm sure the salvation coast guard i'm sure he's <laughs> he's just out there donating time and money i mean um did, did you get did, did any of you two get the feeling that they were trying to make JT the martyr before Tommy Dreamer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they even, they even did the deal with Terry Funk with him before they did it with Tommy Dreamer. 
And what did that do? Absolutely nothing. It ran Terry Funk out of the goddamn company. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, what's it going to take to run a 47-year-old man out of an independent company that's paying you on a weekly budget, you know, that he says, I don't even want to be here anymore. Got me putting over in mush mouth. I can't do this. Sorry, Polly, my horse is sick. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Classic. I think I've heard that twice. I heard it in ECW. I know that's how he quit on Vince in 86. He oh, just, that's, is that what he did? Yeah, he left a note saying that he had to go home. He had a sick horse, and that's when that's when we got Jimmy Jack Funk because <laughs> Dory stuck around playing Haas. And Terry was like, fuck this shit. I'm out of here. I got my Hogan money. I'm out of here. <laughs> well, I think we got it in ECW, um, not at the arena, but at a couple of house shows. That, like, you know, it was one of them triple shot weekends of love that Paulie would book. Mm-hmm. That nobody would know about. He would just scam some nightclub, you know what I mean? You know how it works. And then it'd be like, oh, well, Terry Funk, um, his horse got sick. This fucking horse, this ha- <laughs> might want to take his horse to the doctor. This horse is sick, you know, all the time. <laughs> this horse is a hypochondriac. I've Maybe never seen a hypochondriac. <laughs> like way before COVID. Terry Funk is the world has the world's only hypochondriac horse. Yeah, I just loved uh, I just loved the fact that they were just that, that, that this was before Dreamer that they were just literally trying to put JT Smith in that spot. And I don't know. Do you think it was right after this aired that Paul said I don't? Maybe. Well, the funny thing I wrote about this video, honest to God, I wrote about this video. If you only saw this video. If you had never seen J.T. Smith before, this is the first episode of ECW you've ever watched, and you ignored that promo. If you only saw this video, you would actually probably like J.T. Smith until next week because they they showed the highlights the way they should. They showed him getting the upsets. They showed him, you know, they didn't show him getting folded in half by Mike Awesome, but they showed him getting the upset over Mike Awesome and different things like that. They showed they definitely did a, a decent hype hype video for him and. Definitely didn't show any of the bad stuff. I didn't know there was any fucking highlights. I thought every time they showed a video of him, even in a positive light, they showed the Mike Awesome clip. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that's news to me. I'm going to have to go back and watch this because I'm like, yeah, they don't show this guy over. They don't show him getting killed in that match. They show him with the little small package where he actually got the upset. Overall, oh, don't fucking match. don't accuse JT Smith. Yeah, one of us is going to pick up on that. <laughs> yeah, don't accuse JT Smith of ill fated things. You know, got a little <laughs> small package. Saber, Mammy, <laughs> what about me package? Be Jesus, we're, we're going there. Oh, at least one of us is going. <laughs> now, I want to. I want to see JT Smith and Tony Atlas do a podcast. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I'd listen just to not know what the fuck they're saying. They they could their, they could, their first guest on the inaugural show, Tony Norris. Otherwise oh. known as Ahmed Johnson. Well no, you couldn't have you couldn't have him because nobody really likes him. Like even guys that never even work with him don't even like him. So you probably couldn't have him. But yeah, I would I I would give anything to hear that show. I I would tune in. I'd wake up whatever time it comes on, and <laughs> <laughs> it's time for Borex's butt. And then you hear Tony go, "Huh, huh." Oh, dude, tell me, tell me that wouldn't. 
I mean, why would we be in the podcast business if they did a podcast? I'd just I mean, get out of the way. Yeah, what? Jim yeah. Cornette would take a fucking back aside track to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm stepping aside because Tony Atlas is talking on a public platform. Tony Atlas and J.T. Smith won the pony. Oh, 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 boy. That's an automatic doozy right there. I think I just figured out who my fucking um, hand bone of the week is. And I don't even think he works there. <laughs> After the J.T. Smith video, we have Paul E. cutting a promo. He talks about J.T. Smith and kind of mocking the, the rocky story they're trying to tell him. Actually, he calls J.T. Smith brain damaged. Yeah, in he, the, says, uh, he says, if you don't believe me, just watch that last promo he just did. <laughs> did he say that? Yeah. Oh, he was like, well, if you don't believe that JT's damaged, brain damaged, just look at his promo. Well, that's great. <laughs> that's great considering if you're suspe- if you if you're suspending disbelief and you don't know that Paulie's cutting, doing editing. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't know Paulie's doing editing, then literally just just take in consideration that you, you think the show was live. Then he's sitting backstage watching the monitor, and then he's just going, "I don't know what the fuck this guy's saying." Like, and then and then somebody goes, you know, "Just say, I'm just saying." Somebody goes, "All right, guys, you're up. Go out there." And then Paul's got to go out there and do a rebuttal, and he's like, "I don't know what the fuck this guy just said." <laughs> how, how do I rebut something when I have absolutely no idea what he just said to me? <laughs> yeah, how about you, you refront? How about you refront me? For for all I know, for all I know, he was complimentary. Yeah. Hey, he could have said he's like my car wash. Uh, you know, he's a big fan of my mother. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, that that's sometimes that's just like putting a hat on a hat. <laughs> I think Mike Awesome has made his way back to Japan at this point because if you remember last week, they were hyping that uh, they were going to, you know, they had the whole thing with Sabu with Mike Awesome um, costing, or 911 costing Mike Awesome the match with Sabu. So they were hyping that we were going to have a nine one one Mike Awesome match at the show. Now, as of this week, they're hyping that it's going to be nine one one versus Crash. So I'm assuming that uh, Mike Awesome has made his way back to Japan. And what what month was this? This was April of ninety four. Uh, I was getting ready to say because that was getting ready to be. Uh, I think they. I think what did what did they do, Nate? Maybe you might know. I don't know, Aaron. If you're big, if you're a big F and W fan, they may have did mid January through mid February and took a few weeks off. And then I guess maybe it's because of the weather. I don't know what their weather was there, mm-hmm. but they they would have retooled kind of thing. So yeah, that makes that makes about that makes about sense. Yeah, calendar calendar wise, to go and I mean. You know he's going to want to go there and make his money as opposed to here and make his money because I'm sure he's making much more in Japan. Um, so, so I guess Ch- my question, Chad, though, is: Did you do you know if did they when like say Mike? I'm just going to use Mike Awesome as an example. When he would come to work for, did they have contracts with FMW? Like if if he's coming to work for ECW. Is he coming through FMW through like a deal between the companies, or is no. it an independent thing between him and and ECW? It was coming through Fonzie. Okay, like Fonzie's like his brother, like legit. Shoot, like you can't you can't get three fucking more idiot kids. I don't even know. I don't know his his parents. My they, they should have been called the Clampins. <laughs> it's uh, it's Bill Alfonso, Dave, Dave Sierra, and Mike Alonzo. 
Alfonso. Like, mm-hmm. like they're like the family. And I'm like, none of these. Which one of these guys isn't like the other? You know what I mean? What's going on here? You got, you got one you guy with, with supreme genetics. You got one guy who is a a great enhancement guy, but you know, fantastic bumper. You know, whatever. I'm not even going to say fantastic, but you know, mm-hmm. he knows how to get guys over, kind of thing. Like David Sierra, and then you got I don't know Bill Alfonso. Like what? How did you know? Imagine if Bill Alfonso would have never been discovered by Paul. Where would he, would he be? Have, I bet you he'd be dead. Probably. I bet you he would I, be. I didn't even know the three guys were related till you just told me. <laughs> Honest to God, Fon- I didn't know Fon- that. Fonzie was a crackhead, and I think it took Paul to get him off of that shit. Get him, get him focused. Yeah, because I think Paul said he wouldn't bring him in unless he um, gave this. I mean, this is just what I heard. Mm-hmm. And I could give a fuck less either way, so I could say whatever the fuck I want. Because <laughs> fuck Fonzie, I, uh, I I don't, you know what I mean. I just heard that Paul was just like he didn't want to deal with that, you know. Right. And if Fonzie, if Fonzie did like, I think it was, wasn't it in Florida? What, what, are we not too far removed from them Florida shows, or have we even got there yet? No, that's they. Do they go to Florida ninety four? Is it ninety five? When they first got in there, yeah, but I mean, I I just knew that Paulie gave him a shot. Mm-hmm. First time and I remember, first time I remember them being in Florida was like when Dean was there, so it's probably ninety five. All right, so that was the that was the Dean and Eddie and Benoit and whatever, blah blah blah, mm-hmm. and all that shit. But yeah, but yeah, I, I I think he gave him, I think he brought him in for like a let's see how this works. If I can put you on the road and you're fine, you know, then I can use you. And I'd love to know where the character came from. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because um, Paulie would like, not me. Don't get me wrong, not me by any chance or any stretch of the imagination would Paulie allow me to come to a hotel room in the middle of the night when he would have his little fucking meetings. But I'm sure he had people like Sabu and Fonzie and Shane. You know, mm-hmm. probably later on Hack. Not Hack Myers, but you know uh, what's his Same name? Man. Hey, man. Mm-hmm. You know them guys would come in there, and somebody had to. If I had to guess, I bet you Sandman's the one that said, "Ah, why don't you make Fonzie a character?" Probably because at that time he was probably getting cracked for. Yeah, he's got the good shit. Yeah, he was getting <laughs> cracked for half the guys to begin with. That's probably where it all started. And then when Paulie gave him an opportunity, Fonzie did good, man. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't know the guy. I met him. I met him like just at the shows, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't exchange Christmas cards. It was like, hey, he was like, hey, what's up, daddy? Yeah, good <laughs> lord, <laughs> Jesus! I, I tried. I tried to hand him some floss, but then I, I realized I didn't have a big enough rope. He could have hung uh, himself with the floss that I was giving him. Up next, we have Joey Styles in the Eagle's Nest talking up the new Sandman as Sandman is. Completing his turn here, his heel turn. They're actually doing some explanation of things during this segment. I didn't. I didn't dislike this segment. Um, they show us the footage from with Sandman and Tommy Dreamer from Valley Forge. Um, Aaron, um, I didn't dislike it either. And it's actually Sandman is the first character they're actually doing some kind of fucking development with. You know what I mean? Like, I know they have Sabu out there, and he's crazy, and they talk about he's crazy, but you don't know anything about Sabu. You just know he's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. You don't know why. He's just suicidal, genocidal, homicidal, whatever. But, like, this is the first real, like, 
character development that ECW is doing. Yeah, I mean, th- this is the first one that they 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 started going in depth with. Yes, let's, let's not forget. I mean, they they did their they did their ass with Baloma like before, and this is not a rib. I'm not going anywhere with this, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying they really tried to sell you on Baloma. Yeah, yeah, they did because that was who they had. Mm-hmm. And and uh, the the they sh- again they show the match from or highlights from the match between Ky- Tommy Cairo and Sandman from Valley Forge. Um, Cairo winds up being the Sandman, but Sandman attacks Cairo afterwards. Peaches is involved. Um, of course, Sandman's going to hit her with the chair, but Cairo makes a save. So Cairo winds up taking the chair shot. And, I mean, again, this is well done. Um, I like the fact that they, and Aaron mentioned it last week, they're they're making reference to the Sandman's turn being like he's going from black, black, like black and white, and they show him in black and white whenever he's on the screen. And I, I think that's a neat touch. I, I totally forgot. You know, I haven't watched this stuff in a long time, and I totally forgot about that. Yeah, Sandman's promo, it, wa- it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad at all. Like, I, I kind of sat there and I watched it, and then I was just like, I-, I guess I thought like you, Aaron, or Nate, where you just said, okay, this is actual, this is the the Sandman that, that we mm-hmm. know. This is, no, it, like, it, it, you would have thought it was gay. Sorry. If you would have had a, a surfboard behind him, you know what I mean? Or he would have been like, hang 10, Ray Odyssey. Right. <laughs> you know? But no, he was like, dude, fuck all this shit. This bitch got my way. She got, you know. Sal Belomo's trying to feel up my bitch. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Where's my pizza? Yeah. He's impli- he implies that Sal's trying to fuck peaches. And he we all know that's not true. And, and he wouldn't pay for it. But then he said he probably can't anyway. So then he implies that Sal's poor. <laughs> Dude, totally. I wrote that down. He said Sal's poor. <laughs> I mean, did you ever see him against Steve Lombardi in 1984 on, on All-Stars? He had to have made some money back then. And, I mean, he sold those boats that he made on t- Tuesday Night Titans. He had to have a the money just rolling in building those boats. And them giant boots probably weren't cheap. Yeah. I I don't I don't fucking know. I, I at some point around here I just start I'm starting to write I don't know what's going on and I I see a, I see the words not bad and I can't do this anymore. <laughs> and, and I don't know what these guys want. <laughs> I'm just watching it going. What do you want from me? <laughs> also like, also notable here is this the first time he's did the cigarette gimmick on the no. show. No, no, he did it at Cabrini College, right, Aaron? No, he didn't do the cigarette gimmick there. He did it. He the first time he smoked the cigarette was when he, um, Sully interviewed him and he said, "Life's a bitch," and then you marry one. And then you marry one, but that, but that was taped at Cabrini College. No, that was taped at that place in Maryland. Yeah, the the anonymous high school or whatever it was. That Yeah. yeah, yeah, he started smoking after he hit peaches. Well, I mean. That's when life gets good. Fucking, <laughs> you, you, you smack your wife around. <laughs> start smoking. And then you start drinking first, and then you start smoking, and life gets to be a hoot, Gibson. You, you, <laughs> you sell your surfboard and your wetsuit. Yeah. And your life. For a pack of Winstons. <laughs> well, next we're featured to a match between 
Sal Balum on Sandman. Well, it's supposed to be a match. Uh, Sal's out throwing, you know, he's, he's uh, throwing stuffed animals out into the kids. And, um, again, I think it's cool that when Sandman's on the screen, it's in black and white. Um, the, the actual switching of the color of the screen when they go back and forth from Belomo to Sandman. Um, and <laughs> Sandman gives, uh, <laughs> gives, gives Belomo a nice spike pile driver. And Joey Styles actually said, Oh, no toys for the kids. Oh, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. I put on, I put on here that uh, Sandman spikes Sal, and then he empty, empties his sack all over Sal Balomo. Oh, oh! <laughs> I didn't know it was that kind of show. <laughs> and then this he show rip, t- took a turn. He rips, yeah, he rips the hand, all the stuffed animals up, and Joey says all the kids in the crowd are crying because their hero Sal has been destroyed. And but now I'm crying. All the stuffed animals are destroyed, and. We keep saying it, but this might be this might be it for Sal. We oh, thought we no. thought it last week. Nate said it last week. He was like, "We're not going to see Sal again." And I'm like, "Oh, Sal's back." Dude, we like, said the same thing about Tony Stetson yeah. four months ago. Stetson, and- Stetson's a bad penny. Fucking <laughs> a bad pepperoni. They just keep coming up. Yeah, you might be right though, because Sal Sal leaves uh, leaves this segment covered in stuffing. And uh, and and holding a ripped up stuffed dog, it might, I think I think it may have run its course for Sal Balomo and ECW. <laughs> you think? Oh no! Are we gonna Are we gonna bet on this one? Unless he's getting caned, <laughs> that could be the oh. only way this ends. If he gets caned. Oh wait a second here! Does he get caned? <laughs> I. I, now I'm going to have to really think about this. I don't think I don't think he's around long enough for the cane to rear its head. I don't I don't think so. I just imagine him getting caned and then like Sandman taking like stuffed animals and like throwing them up in the air and just like baseball batting them into the crowd with the cane. That would be fantastic. Well, yeah, I would just love anything to get rid of Sal. <laughs> Immigration, I don't know. We now get a video hyping up the match between Hawk and Shane Douglas for the well, ECW or Angus Khan. Yes, Angus Khan, because that's Hawk's music. And now, the star of the show. Mr. Chad Austin is in action in our next match against Hack Myers. Star of the show. And I literally wrote no notes, because I would be a dick if I put myself over. So I just said, I ain't fucking saying nothing. Well, that (laughs) that back body drop spot was pretty impressive. Well, that got me a job in... Um, Smoky Mountain. I uh, got me a job in WCW. Um, yeah, it got me. It got me a job in a lot of places. And do you know who I stole it from? No, you're probably not even going to believe it. A fucking guy who was a job guy for Cornette and like the and Smoky Mountain, Chris Hamrick. Mm. He he would do the all the way over, um, flip, you know, body body thing. And I said, I can, I can do it, you know, but I mean, how do I do it to to where it looks, you no, know, like it's believable, but there, there I mean, I, I, there's not enough time here. We clearly don't have enough time on the show to explain this, but there's an art to it that how you position your, your elbows and your shoulders on the guy who's giving you the backdrop mm-hmm. to where you can, you can pivot yourself off of them. And if you're athletic enough, like me, you know. You know, to do it. Now, does it does does your 
and, and you know, obviously, excuse my ignorance because I've never worked a match in my life. But does your does your when you do that move, does your opponent play any role in that whatsoever? Like what you're doing there, or is that all you? It it, it depends. It it, it it honestly depends. Is is if there's a follow up spot where I have to get up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you know, if I had like um like like bruiser bed shit um like. When he gave me one, and I, like I had to get up to like feed for a clothesline, then I had to get up again. I'm going, you've already killed me. <laughs> like, you know, like what else are you gonna fucking do to me? You know that if I get up, I'm killing you. You, you. You've already how many how many of these fucking goddamn fucking ham hocks you're gonna throw at me for shoulder block tackles or clotheslines or whatever you call them? That I should be laying here, and you should be able to put bring your daughter in the ring and have her cover me, and I ain't going anywhere. Kind of shit. The the match itself ends with Chad getting a pinfall over Hack Myers with a leg I, drop I think, off the top. Did you guys think it was a bad match? No, no. I thought that. I mean, because you got to take in consideration that me and Hack were only um. What was this ninety four? Yep. I was only two and a half years in, and Hack was probably only a year and a half in. And I guess I was kind of glad that I got to work with somebody like Hack, you know, mm-hmm. like somebody that I knew, so that it wouldn't be like the shits. And we kind of we, we always used to wrestle around at the school, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I figured, like, he knew what I was going to do, and I don't think he was a big fan of. Well, as a matter of fact, I knew he wasn't a big fan, and I thinking that I was going over. Not a big fan. When I was watching the match, I honestly thought you weren't going to go over the way that the match was going. But then I thought, oh, look, that's that's how you do a that's how you do a quote unquote upset or what have you. Is I shouldn't it shouldn't have looked like Chad was going to win. Well, if you listen to Joey Styles, you should have known from the fucking beginning. <laughs> I, I was the underdog, and Hack Myers was the underwear, and it was just um. Like everything hacked did, it was like, I think he's destroying Chad Austin. And I'm like, you should be putting over Hack Myers. Mm-hmm. You know, don't put over me. You should, you should be saying how, how devastating. And he's like, Chad Austin, I don't think he's going to get out of here alive. I'm going, Hack Myers. <laughs> Why are you continuously putting me over? You know, when Hack Myers is clearly supposed to be the focal point. And therefore, in my opinion, it would have meant a whole lot more if you were to continue to put over Hack Myers. Mm-hmm. I mean, hindsight, right? Right. Like, I mean, if Joey Styles would have thought about that back in the day, he probably would have just put over Hack Myers and just be like, oh, all of a sudden, you know, you know, whatever, whatever happened with the kid and Razor and all them other crazy, you know, upsets, that it could have been like that. But no, he's calling me a young upstart. Halfway through the match, like you said, hindsight twenty twenty, he probably would have done it differently. Um, the the next we better, thing, we the next thing, <laughs> the next thing, kind of confused me a little. I guess I don't know. I, it was. This, did, did anybody else think that the public enemy Sherry thing was a little disjointed? I don't know. I thought maybe Sherry was a little bit. She was a little bit. Um, let me see. What year was this? He said this is ninety four. Mm-hmm. She was probably a little bit in the bag. <laughs> um, and, and and literally, she probably this was probably taped after a show. Yeah, I was gonna you say it, it was. It was. I was about to say when I watched it, I was like, "This is like two thirty in the morning." <laughs> I 
I probably said probably 32 times because I don't want to shit on somebody. But, yeah, it was probably taped way after the show. And Sherry looked like she was just so goddamn tired. <laughs> you know? And Public Enemy, they were probably still partying, you know? Yeah. You know, Johnny! <laughs> the next deal, uh, we get a we get a promo from Jason. Aaron, anything? I love it when you talk about Jason promos. Uh, well, before that, we got more Angus Khan. They keep playing Angus Khan. Oh, so. yes. But um, at first, uh, like I thought he was behind a Taco Bell. <laughs> like the building looked like like the 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 side looked like the Taco Bells did back in the nineties. I'm like, so they were just let's go out back behind this Taco Bell and have Jason cut this fucking rambling nonsensical promo. <laughs> Could you imagine? If they would have like literally shot the promo from the because it was a brick wall, right? Mm-hmm. No, it was like a stucco type thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah but if but if they would have just had him stand like a few feet like to the left, and you would have saw like the drive-through sign for like Popeyes, <laughs> <laughs> like like he's standing outside like it's his palatial estates, and, and you, you you just see a Popeye sign. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's little things like that that make me just... I wish I, wish I could rebook wrestling. <laughs> re, re, wrestling was, would be so much better worse if I booked it. Because I have no interest in seeing good matches anymore. I couldn't tell you what decade it was that that ship has sailed. Um, probably the 90s that I gave up, I gave up on the, you know, guys having good matches. I could care less. I want to see a, I want to see a mix-up, a flop. Flub, you know, a train wreck. A, yes, yes, a bot spot. You know what I mean, I I want to see girls that have never been in the ring before, <laughs> and, and you're putting them on TV for the first time a lot. Oh, that's that's like that's like I said last week when we were talking about the indie show we went to. I I don't care if I spent twenty five dollars on the ticket and the show's a train wreck because the train wreck is so much fun anyway. <laughs> I still got my money's worth. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got my money's worth watching, um, who was it? I don't know. What was Wednesday night? Danielson, maybe? I don't know. Whoever it was. Watching them guys. Mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever, you know, whatever. It was Punk and Danielson when that was last week. I got my money's worth in that first 30 minutes that they could have fucking, they could have aired the rest, my whole wrestling career for the rest of that show. And I wouldn't have gave shit. <laughs> Because I know I got my money's worth in the first half hour. So the the uh, the they actually saved us. They were nice to us this week. I thought we were going to have to watch Shane Douglas wrestle Paul Diamond, and we didn't. Shane Douglas goes to the ring to face Paul Diamond, cuts a bit of a promo on the ring, and Sherry waylays Paul Diamond with the chair from behind, and uh, then old Pat Tanaka comes out. Sherry whacks him with the chair too. So you got these. These jabronis laid out in the ring, and Shane Douglas is uh, cutting the promo on Hawk, and then Hawk comes out. And do you want to? Does anybody want to say anything about this, or did I wrap that up? Was there really well, anything I mean, else you to be remember, said? I mean, Paul Diamond was probably in the back, maybe kind of working out, and then he knew he had a match against Shane. And then he goes out there, and then all of a sudden, shit happens, and then somebody had to wake Pat Tanaka up. <laughs> And go, hey, you better go out there and save your partner. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, bad company. And he just goes, no, I like you. <laughs> and 
And it's like, no, you got, you got to go out there. I mean, literally, how many times have we said, Tatanaka still work here? I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this might, I don't know. They kind of got buried in this segment. Maybe this is their exit. I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, uh, what do I want to say? I don't want to cause bad luck here and they show up next week and they're all over the show. I do. I wish all the bad luck. <laughs> the bad this is the last time we get to see these two fucking idiots <laughs> on a fucking ECW fucking show because Patanaka by himself is not a bad worker. Not, I don't know. How about this? He's not a bad hand. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd love to have him. Do jobs, maybe put him in an underdog role, you know, do something with him. But you know, clearly his time has passed. Yeah. Paul Diamond offered me nothing. Not a thing. He's one of them Canadian guys. And you have to be like from a different part of Canada to be somebody special. <laughs> you know, do, do the math. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Where all the Canadian guys are from. And look where Paul Diamond's from. Who's the other guy that's been from that area? Mm. Yeah, I just heard a horn, a horn go. So <laughs> he doesn't know either. <laughs> yeah, I don't fucking know. What do you want? <laughs> Wilbur Snyder. That's Indianapolis. My neighbors are all awake now. My neighbors are all wrestling fans. I just heard somebody yell at from Indianapolis. <laughs> Hawk cuts a promo at the end of the segment, and I swear to God, I swear to God, he called Shane Douglas a, a sack of butter muscles. He oh, did. I wrote it down. Oh, no, you didn't. I don't even know what that is. A sack of butter muscles. I don't know what a sack of butter muscles is. Dude, you totally botched it. And I'm glad you guys botched it. Because when I wrote it down, Jess goes, oh, you don't think they're going to catch this? And I said, they better catch this. (laughs) And it wasn't that he was just a sack of butter muscles. (laughs) Okay. He was a, he was a flip. A, uh, a flip sit, flip sack, <laughs> and a sack of butter muscles. A flip sack. He was a flip sit, flip sack, and a sack of butter muscles. <laughs> and and, and, and Who wrote JT Smith. Like, like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, I know. But yeah, I, I read it back to Jess, and I go, "Is this right?" Did he say he was a flipsid flip sack sack of butter muscle? <laughs> and, and she was she was playing she was playing word with friends. She goes, I believe she I believe he did, hun. I believe he called him a flip sack, flip sick sack of butter muscles. <laughs> well, that should be the new hand bone of the week. <laughs> Oh shit. <laughs> they should have shown Shane's character like, what? Sherry should have like, I have no fucking idea. The audacity. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't even know where to go from here. Flip it, flip sack of butter muscles. <laughs> Flips it, flip sack of butter muscles. That that's why I texted you, Nate. Told you I think I know what the name of this show is going to be. <laughs> Man, I missed the first part of it, and that it makes it so much better. Like I, I was like, well, a sack of butter muscles is funny, but with the added addition to that, <clears throat> oh, it's even better. Jesus! All right. Well, it's so, it's easy for me to watch to watch the match and kind of critique it like mentally. But listening to the audio is what makes it funny for me. <laughs> so I can write down like notes. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. It's easy to, I, I can turn the volume off, you know, and listen to our show, the 20, uh, the Reliving the, Reliving the Extreme podcast on any platform. And I can sit there and watch the, and watch the show with the podcast all, but hearing the fucking audio and then you hear a <laughs> flips and flips of them. <laughs> Sack of butter mussels. I mean, <laughs> if my if my wife's the Miss Jess's ears perk up, then you know they hit a nerve. <laughs> I don't know what any of that is. <laughs> Neither to talk, dude. It makes you wonder what he was trying to say. Oh, I think <laughs> he was trying to say that. I think again, these has to be canned. I mean, what what do we have left from Hawk? Honestly, what what is left? Is he going to work Cairo? Hopefully this is his exit. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe we need more Hawk promos. I don't know. I, I need. I always, them in. I, I always need a title for the show every week. Hawk can just provide those for a few weeks for us. Like, doesn't doesn't Hawk do, like, two or three other, like, independent? Like, didn't he go to Smoky Mountain, too? And then he so. goes to, like, some other. Like, I know he came in Baltimore, but we don't have, we never had TV. <laughs> Yeah, he went to uh, he went to the Smoky Mountain when uh, they did that the Night of Champions thing or whatever, and he teamed with uh, what was it, Bob and uh, uh, Tracy Smothers, I think. Bob and Sam Armstrong, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Bone Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> so this week there are multiple ham bones. It sounds like I think you said uh, Stetson Rebel and Pitbull, right? And then Rebel. I'm flipping my notes. The Hawk promo. Hawk gets a hand bone as well. Hawk gets a hand bone as well. How about that? So everybody's getting boned tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully I'll get a bone tonight. But I have a feeling I'm going to bed before the missus. <laughs> uh, is it my turn to pick a hand bone? Yes. Oh, my God, dude. You really put me in a tough spot. Gave you a lot uh, to choose from this week. I know. I've underlined Paul Diamond because I just don't like him to begin with. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't even know what he did, but I just don't like him. He did nothing, really. All right, well, I, I, you know, I don't, how about this? I'm picking Paul Diamond because of the fact that I wasted my ink writing his goddamn fucking name down. <laughs> I mean, I, I, how many times you come across pens? <laughs> I, I don't even, I, I'm not going to buy pens. I'm not going to Staples. What the fuck? I got, I got a pen and I wrote down Paul Diamond's name, so... Yeah, Paul Diamond's got to be my hand bone of the week. Congratulations, Paul Diamond, for being hand bone of the week. His head's even kind of shaped like a hand bone. So now eligible for nomination into the Hand Bone Hall of Fame in December. We'll see what happens. Boy, JT <laughs> was right behind him. I had him. I had him. M underlined. I had Belomo underlined. I had me <laughs> underlined. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had flips it, flip, flip. <laughs> <laughs> butter muscle. That, that's the hammer of the week. <laughs> oh, God damn. <laughs> well, everyone, Aaron, Chad, unless you guys have anything to close with, we'll wrap up this week's edition of Reliving the Extreme. I just want to thank all the fucking Butter Muscles for listening. We appreciate it. <laughs> hey, thank you. Thank you, Butter Muscles, for listening. <laughs> well, we, we never got an Archie Mitchell mention. <laughs> so go everybody go to uh, Twitter and follow Chad on Twitter. I'm Chad. I don't know whatever I am, Damira. And go to Twitter and follow Archie Damira. 
<laughs> Archie Demira. The only people that are following him is the Witness Protection Program. You know what goes best with a hand bone? A side no, it's side a flippant, flabbit sack of butter muscles. <laughs> Getting my hand bone and my butter muscles. I'm ready to go. Dude, it sounds like something you would order at fucking, um, what's that place that everybody goes to down south? Cracker Barrel? Cracker no, Barrel. No, I was just saying, like, that I don't want to, don't even say it. Crab Shack or whatever. Yeah, I don't even want to know what places you go down south and visit. <laughs> They go, I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to Cracker Barrel. I'm gonna order a, a flitzed flaccid and a sack of mussels. Mus- <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever. Butter mussels. Butter, butter mussels. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Everyone follow Chad at Chad Austin Demera on Twitter. And if you have not yet, join our group on Facebook, the Reliving the Extreme Facebook group. Do that as well for show updates and different conversations and things like that. And if you are so inclined, check out the We Can't Wrestle podcast as well. Well, that and, being and don't said, for, don't forget to check out Chad's video vault. Yes, absolutely. It's a it's a private group. I mean, there's only fourteen thousand people there, so I keep it pretty closed. <laughs> but I mean, if you're interested in some old time videos. I'll gladly um, accept you into my little gated community of uh, old-time wrestling videos. Just make sure you keep your goddamn lawn mowed. And for every 10 DVDs, you get a sack of butter muscles. And that's a wrap for this. I'm glad we're getting ready to get off of here because, I mean, it's getting it's getting late enough that I'm going to go inside and tell fucking the lovely Miss Jess and I'm going to flip the flag and her flashing. <laughs> I'm going to take her upstairs and I'm going to flip the flag. Oh, the rub butter turn. muscles. All of a sudden, this turned into cornet. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> Thank you for joining us, everybody, <laughs> on this week's edition of Reliving the Extreme. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time, Hambones. Reliving the Extreme is a production of Maxin Out Media, all rights reserved.